0: It's a huge responsibility, okay, because you cannot fake it. If you didn't teach a student, their number is not going to go up. And so it's very real. It's very grounded. But in order to get them through this test, which requires creativity, out-of-the-box thinking, innovation through questions, these are all puzzles and brain teasers, which young people love. I'm teaching them to become ingenious and more and more ingenious to do that. And it captures their attention they love this and they realize that, wow, I have this thing in, in front of me, this journey, and I don't even understand what it's going to be because I'm not at the level where I can appreciate that. But over time, I can develop and life can be a wonderful, wonderful adventure and surprise that I can really enjoy.
1: While well, my guest today is known for helping students get excellent ACT and SAT scores for college admissions and scholarships, he views his role as much more than that. Barack Moore feels the work he is doing is actually preparing students for life. He's sharing with us how the work your teen is doing to prepare for college admissions in their future career will actually benefit them in more ways than you ever imagined. I'm Lisa Marker-Robbins, and I want to welcome you to College and Career Clarity, a Flourish Coaching production. Let's dive right in to a great conversation. Barack Moore, welcome.
0: Thank you, Lisa. And thank you for such an interesting intro. That was really nice.
1: Well, you're way more interesting than that intro. You know, that is the heart of what we want to talk about today is really test preparation actually I would argue a lot of the the things that students are doing in this let's just say this college-bound journey are preparing them for the bigger scope of life and I think that families get very myopic on this idea of oh it's just test prep or oh like the work that they're doing in my college major and career course is oh just to identify the major in the career and you and I got into a conversation when we were together in Dallas so we're we're both very aligned and like no this is a way bigger picture but before we jump there let's talk about some of the more interesting facts of Barack so you are a father of how many
0: oh, oh, oh gosh you had to start there I did so I'm a grandfather of one and a father of eight
1: amazing and so
0: because then more his colleagues though um than than children just because i'm a bit um i'm a bit immature when it comes which which is probably why i love spending time around teenagers because i i find i find them endlessly fascinating there's i think it was i think it was nietzsche who said that you become a mature adult when you've regained the wonder of childhood and i'm all about the wonder of childhood i don't even know i'm up to this age of, of adulthood but yes i love being around them. And people give me weird looks if I'm ever in a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit by myself. So this way I bring them along and I get to have a wonderful time.
1: That you can still have fun. And I, I would say knowing you and, you know, even hearing that philosophy, it really probably resonates in the building no like, and trust in that deep relationship with the students you're serving through test prep as well.
0: I, I think I had the greatest job in the world and I haven't fully figured out why, but I would love being involved in people's stories. And when you say their life, their life journey, I think of it more of it as, a, as an adventure. We're preparing students for an adventure. And there's so much cynicism out there. It, it really bothers me how much negative messaging young people get. One of the things that I do is I'm just positive with people. You posted on, um, I say so you posted about how you see yourself as a natural teacher, but I think that's the one of the greatest things a person can be is, is a teacher. My mother was a teacher. I emulate her. And a lot of what you and I both do is, is, is ideally try to, we love being part of people's stories. We love being, being able to affect people in a wonderful way. And if you can be the kind of person people just enjoy being around, young people enjoy being around, you can remove some of the frustration. You can help them move from point A to point B. Young people have so much growth mindset, and it's laid out in front of them in a really beautiful way. They 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 get so jaded and so cynical, and and people are telling them oh, this test is bad, college admissions is bad. You have to write too many essays. They're requiring too much of you. You should you should you should be doing this and that differently. But how about just look at it differently? The adult world is laying out really wonderful things for me. I have great. Guides in my life. I have great mentors. The people in school want the best for me. And let's look at this um, to the extent that we can. What's great about this? What's really nice about this in so many aspects of our education and in college admissions?
1: I love that. You know, you, you said we, we get the, we get to work with these students. I always say it is a privilege because with the work that I do as a college major career coach or you with test prep or there are many other roles of adults that are walking this journey with these students. It's an invitation in and I count it a privilege to be invited in because it is it is an amazing adventure and journey. So how did you get started in and test prep?
0: It was the weirdest thing in the world. I grew up in uh, in. Literally the worst neighborhood in New York City, a place in Brooklyn called East New York that I hope you've never heard of. I have not. And it was extremely bad. And uh, I could tell you stories that would shock you. I went to public schools there mm. my whole life. And then, and then one day, my oldest sister went to Princeton University. My oldest brother went there, my next brother, and and my oldest sister met a guy who was founding a company called the Princeton Review. And I talked to him, being poor, uh, like seriously poor. uh, (laughs) I didn't have any restraints when it came to money. So I talked to him and I said, why don't you give me your course for free? And I'll get you some students from Stuyvesant High School, which is where I went. It's a a selective high school in New York, as as many people know, public school, obviously. And he said, sure, I got him three students. And when they talk about the history of the Princeton Review, They talk about seven students in the initial kind of thing. I was one, three were my friends, and three were people he didn't get. But he helped me in about seven or eight sessions. Literally changed my life. And I was so stunned and amazed every moment that I spent with him. I would not be surprised if he was not the best teacher of our generation because it was just extraordinary. Changed my life. Got my scores to go way way up. But it was a factor in me going to Princeton also was worth Uh, The fourth of four, uh, you know, the initial four, we went to Princeton, and it literally changed my life. I then, I, I was 13 years old at the time. I worked for him as the first computer programmer at Princeton Review. I worked for him when I was 13 years old. I recruited students for him. He gave me $45 a student from Stuyvesant High School. Within a year, we had 200 out of the 800 students in the graduating class taking the Princeton Review. (laughs)
1: amazing because nobody ever sets out as a 16 or 17 year old for there's not a college major for I want to be a test prep provider there nobody usually says I I had Mike Bergen on the podcast one time and talking about unusual career paths and nobody says oh I want to be a test prep provider so it's one of those more unusual paths for everybody but yet I think it goes back to what you referenced earlier at the heart of it is people who are teachers. And it's, we have to think about teaching as a career as kind of a outside-the-box teacher. It's not the traditional classroom, but it's still teaching.
0: Well, I think everybody should be a teacher. If you're a parent, you're a teacher. If you're an adult in the world, you're a teacher. You're a guide. You're whatever, wherever you are, you're a teacher. We just get the amazing blessing of being able to do it full-time. And I, I think That my story, even though it's kind of unique, it's everybody's story is unique. Everybody's life is an adventure. Everything is serendipity, and that's what we're here to do: is to prepare people for the adventure of life. I ended up after that. I I called him every six months or so, asking if he'd let me be a teacher. And I started. I started, you know, in the Princeton Review system, literally when I was 13 years old. (laughs) It was a little ridiculous, but I ended up start. I ended up starting at Princeton when I was 15. And one time I called him when I was, when I was 16 and he, he put me on hold. He fired somebody right there on the spot. And he said, you're starting tomorrow as a 16 year old teaching 17 oh, wow. year olds in a classroom. <laughs> and, and I was off to the races. And then I, I, I talked for a while the Princeton Review. I used to travel from Princeton University to New York City every weekend. I ended up helping found the Princeton Review in Princeton itself. I founded a, a, a site of the course and later on ran the company, got the Princeton the, the review of New Jersey Independent Company when I had to take time off from school in order to focus on that.
1: Amazing. I, lo- I love hearing people's <laughs> stories. As you know, I recently had shoulder surgery and I have pelted everyone from the intake person at the hospital to the nurses that prepped me, to the anesthesiologists to hear their career and life stories, all the way up to my physical therapist. I And people love to talk about their journeys, and I think it benefits others to hear our journeys for sure. I, I love learning those things. So you're known for getting great ACT and SAT results, but, well, I shouldn't say but, and what parents often don't think about is all of the other amazing benefits that come along with test prep, intentional work on this college bound journey. So, let's talk about what are some of those gains that you can identify cuz right now all they're thinking is, oh, better scores, open doors to the college, to scholarships. But let's open some more doors. What are some of the other doors we're opening?
0: Yes, so that's all true. And I've had this thirty-year obsession with how do you do good through test prep because I actually left the business because one of our early students was um, one of America's most famous murderers. He came through our course. <laughs> yeah, people
1: can't see my face, but I just, I just went, whoa.
0: Yeah, we, 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 we in, in our in our opening course at the Princeton Review in Princeton, New Jersey, we had Lyle Menendez who After he took our course, when he went up about 300 points, he got himself into Princeton University as a result, and he took a shotgun and he killed his parents together with his brother. Um, and, um, and then he went on. It was actually a famous story. Probably he was probably one, yeah. one of the most famous uh, murders in American history because he then went on a, sh- uh, a shopping spree and bought up a lot of things with the insurance money. All the later was discovered. Um, but I had some kind of guilt that I had something to do with it. And it turns out. And in fact, I left the world of test prep and I thought, well, here what I'm doing is I kind of internalized all the negative messages about test prep, which is, Oh, you guys are just manipulating the system, getting people in who don't deserve it. You're getting all these murderers to get into Princeton. And they didn't say that, but I, I kind of internalized that and left the business. And I ended up teaching for IBM all over the world. I, uh, I had a, a career in computers and later on I just kept coming back to teaching and. And every day that I, uh, that I was teaching for me it was like vacation. And I ended up, people used to ask me to teach for them. I started tutoring them and, and, and also for SATs. And I realized one day, you know what? I actually had nothing to do with Wild Menendez. We had three teachers. One of them taught him. I had nothing whatsoever to do with him. And maybe if I did, maybe he could have like been a little bit better. And, and, and I thought I can't, I started coming back to it and I thought, how I was obsessed with how do you make people better people through this process. And it turns out it's everywhere. And 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 what I do um, at its essence, I have a word that I use. I doubt there's a single person on this earth who does what I do, which is to make people ingenious through the test. Meaning it's so wonderful, but this is very real, this is very grounded. And if you do a great job, the number goes up. And if you don't, the number does not. And that is a huge, huge um, it's a huge responsibility, okay, because you cannot fake it. If you didn't teach a student, their, their number is not going to go up. And so, it's very real. It's very grounded. But in order to get them through this test, which requires creativity, out-of-the-box thinking, innovation through questions, these are all puzzles and brain teasers, which young people love. And teaching them to become ingenious and more and more ingenious to do that. And it captures their attention. They love this and they realize that, wow, I have this thing in in front of me, this journey, and I don't even understand what it's going to be because I'm not at the level where I can appreciate that. But over time I can develop and life can be a wonderful, wonderful adventure and surprise that I can really enjoy.
1: I have a question on that. So that, like you said, that pressure of, I'm helping a student raise their scores or not. There's a <laughs> pressure there. And I also know as a teacher that you, Barack, or any test prep professional maybe could do everything right, but sometimes things go wrong on test day. Like my own daughter had done all of her prep for the state ACT. She's a college senior now, but this is back when she was in high school. It came to be the day of her state, we live in Ohio, state ACT test. And she got the flu. Hundred and two degree temperature, all the oh time. My. It was like, oh my gosh. You know, me of all people, it's like I for a living am helping students on their college bound journey and then this, you know, sidelines my daughter. So things happen. It's not always about the prep. So what I would ask you is if things do go off the rails, unplanned things do happen, I think one of the great things to focus on is it wasn't just about the score, it's about the other skills and life skills that we're developing. There's still a very positive impact, even if that number doesn't go up. So what you've got to have really a an abundance mindset, a positive mindset. You've got to look for the gift because The number doesn't always do exactly what you want it to do. You and I know from one test administration to the other, ACT and S C T wouldn't say this, but some tests are harder than other tests, even though they're not designed to be. They're, you know, they're pretty stable, but there can be some fluctuations. So what would you say to students like whether the number goes up or not? Here's some very real skills that you just gained through the journey of test prep.
0: So first of all, I, I come from a sports background. I grew up as a swimmer. Literally, I remember the first time I was in a four and under competition in, in, in Wilmington, Delaware, because finally I got to compete with kids my age. <laughs> and it took me like a year or so to get to that because I was always in mean, a seven under or eight and under, but I take a sports mentality, which is very and serious. And, you know, we're talking about all the nice things, but sports is serious. And I, my students are there to win. They're there to perform. They're there to compete. And we don't put thoughts in our mind about, yeah, maybe you're not going to go up. That's the art of sports. Okay. Yes, you do train for the Olympics and sometimes you can break a you know break a bone or whatever and things do happen. But that's very, very rare. And and, and my students are there to achieve and they do achieve. uh um, that's that's the thing that's thing important. But the main thing in terms of your question, in terms of what are the additional benefits. This is the first time that a young person uh, confronts a serious life challenge. Okay, it is probably the first time, and one could lean into that and um, and and approach it with, "Wow, I'm going to put some effort in here. I'm going to I'm going to uh, get better. I'm going to find somebody who can help me prepare." I'm going to not shy away from it. I'm not going to withdraw. And so much of young people's lives now, so much of people's lives in general, it used to be addiction was alcohol and drugs and gambling. But now every single young person has this addictive device in their hands 24 hours a day. So if you are withdrawing, there's so many ways to withdraw and so many ways to to um, escape Escapism is the killer of 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 an adventure in life, and so many people are escaping. But if they can take a productive attitude, if they can lean in, if they can work hard, if they can see little results and then put in more effort to get bigger results, it's the greatest life lesson there is: is to lean in, approach every challenge that you have. You know, you can have you can have children who have um, some kind of um, in some kind of congenital disease. Or, or issue that you have to face for the next 50 years. Are you going to withdraw? Are you going to fight? Are you going to break up your relationship? Which, which some people do when they have challenges like that, or you can say, okay, we didn't want this, but now let's approach it in a constructive way, in a productive way. People who have constructive approaches to life's stresses have wonderful lives and they make wonderful lemonade over the lemons that get, get handed. And in fact, if you want to get a little bit philosophical, they see that all of the lemons that were handed to them were really gifts in order to get them to achieve wonderful lives.
1: I I always ask, I do executive business coaching as well. And one of my favorite questions to ask is, in the face of something going wrong or what does this make possible, right? And that's looking for the gift. You know, I've i approached this injury that I had in this shoulder surgery where I literally cannot use my dominant arm, hardly, I can't even lift it beyond my waist right now, as okay, where's the gift? Like, it could really sideline you if you don't have that. You know, as you're talking through this, well, first of all, it reminds me of a previous episode that we had with Dr. Ben Bernstein, who you and I both heard speak at a conference, and he talks about that, like, life's going to happen. Hard things are going to happen. And some teenagers get those sooner. And if if you don't get it during your high school years, it's going to happen sometime in life. So we have to learn to look for the gift and learn how to navigate the stress. But as you're talking through, like, the sports analogy that you have, I start to think of, like, gosh, these students are learning how to manage their time better. You know, I, I recently talked about Putting aside our wants and wishes for our needs and meeting deadlines at times, so I think like time management is going to be better. Yes, mindset's going to be better, better organized. The really practical yeah. pieces of this,
0: yes, and and we talk so much about self esteem, but self esteem is is not an easy thing, and and young people develop self esteem through genuine accomplishment and 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 there's kind of there's kind of two broad ways that people tend to look at these tests one is oh it's so stressful why are you putting so much pressure and there's so many articles talk about the pressure that young people are under and the stress that they're under and now they they're all breaking and they have mental, mental mental health issues but there's another way to look at this that young people love a genuine adventure a challenge they love things that are real and a number is a real thing, and when they get that number to go up through their own efforts, that ge- that resulted in more ingenuity in their life. They walk taller. They're more confident. They 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 they, they even just very basic things. Will you go up to an adult and ask for help and navigate the the things by yourself? Letting young people accomplish little things by themselves through their own initiative leads to wonderful self-esteem. But letting them take up big challenge and they know when they put in a real effort and a not real effort. They put in real effort and they got a huge result that gives them a real nice running start for every adversity they will face.
1: I love it. Well, thank you for giving us a different way of thinking about what seemed very isolated just down to a score that yes, the score is important, but this is a bigger life journey. I'm so glad that you're one of the people that I'm on this life journey with so much.
0: Let me just add one more thing because yeah, the, the main part of it. So much of what we do in this business is convert stress to fun. And when you are prepared, when you have the right attitude, when you've put in the reps, as they say in sports, then the game becomes really fun. The competition becomes really fun. And and it is genuinely, it, it may sound crazy, but you Many many students walk out with that test saying, "Oh my gosh, that was
1: fun! I love it." Well, Barack, <laughs> if our listeners want to get in touch, we'll put it in the show notes. But how do they find you? What's the easiest way? Easiest
0: way is to just go into Facebook and type Barack Tutor or Barack Moore, and they it'll pop right up. If you want to email me, uh, we'll get back to you. It's it's just my name at Gmail which is Barack Moore, B-A-R-A-K-M-O-O-R-E, at gmail.com.
1: Okay, thanks, Barak.
0: Thank you, have a wonderful day.
1: I simply love the perspective that Barak brings to the College Bound journey. I hope that it has expanded your thinking about all of the very many to-dos that are required along the way. And you're encouraged to think about the broader implications This has for preparing your teen for life. My college bound challenge for you this week is to just sit down and have a conversation with your teen about not the test scores, not about writing an essay or completing an application to get into a college, but the broader scope of the many gains they're having and then enumerate some of their wins to empower them to go on and do great things. I'm also going to link to episode number 80 with Dr. Ben Bernstein on getting your teen in the zone when they are dealing with the inevitable stress. It's a definite great accompaniment to this particular topic. If today's episode was helpful to you, please share it with a friend who needs this too. Sharing, following the podcast, rating and reviewing helps us resource more students to launch into a successful future. Thank you for listening to the College of Career Clarity Podcast, where I help your team move from overwhelmed and confused to motivated, clear, and confident about their future.